Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. If you haven't used Final Cut, the iPad version is a great place to start. Final Cut for the iPad, even if you're interested in the Mac version, Final Cut for the iPad, you'll learn the fundamentals and all of that knowledge will transfer over. Welcome back to another episode of Apple Pros. This is an episode I've wanted to record for a while now. Back in May of 2023, Apple released both Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro for the iPad. I couldn't think of a better person to dive deep into Final Cut Pro for iPad than Christopher Lawley. Chris runs an awesome iPad-focused YouTube channel that you should check out if you haven't already. This is Chris's fifth time on this podcast. You can head on over to the podcast archives and listen to him on episodes 16, 38, 82, and 97 to hear our past episodes. As a reminder, if you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash iPadPros. You'll get early access to both iPadPros and Vision Pros, and the MP3s will include chapter markers. You can also support the show and get early access by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. Subscribing to either iPadPros or Vision Pros will get you early access to both shows within Apple Podcasts. And my great thanks to everyone that currently or has in the past supported the show. Without further delay, here's my interview with Chris all about Final Cut Pro for iPad. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast, Chris. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. Absolutely. It, it, a lot has happened since um, October 2020 is when you chatted last when the fourth gen iPad Air came out. And uh, huh. yeah, quite a bit in the iPad world since then. Yeah, that was my first review unit from Apple. Huh. That was a long time ago. Nice. <laughs> right. And uh, Final Cut Pro uh, finally came to the iPad, you know. Finally, <laughs> yes. Um, but before we get to Final Cut, which I think will be the focus of today's episode, I just want to catch up on a few kind of odds and ends. Uh, the first thing is Stage Manager. It's uh, it's a thing, and it's it's better than ever these days. And I'm curious how you're finding it and if you're actually using it still. Yes, so when Stage Manager was announced in okay, got it. Gosh, timelines. Uh, 2022. That was my okay. That was my first ever Apple event. I was invited to, uh, and I was very excited. I was in the audience, very excited. I was sitting next to John Voorhees at Mac Stories, and him and I were like, okay, yeah, this looks cool. Then we started to use it, and oh boy, was that uh that a summer. Um, yes, uh, it was. <laughs> It it broke me. It broke Federico Vitici. It <laughs> Federico basically caused me to. <laughs> yeah, it caused me to stop using the iPad a lot. I was using uh, my MacBook Pro more, and I mean, it was a whole combo of things with that. That uh, I had issues with LumaFusion, so I had to stop editing video on my iPad, and I had to go to um, had to go to the Mac to edit video. So I had bought a I had bought the M1 Max MacBook Pro, uh, and that when when LumaFusion stopped working on me, and then on top of that, Stage Manager was just a buggy, buggy mess, and it was really bad. But let's fast forward to the happy times. So 2023 rolls around, uh, and there were two things going into the year I said I needed in order to come back to the iPad. Final Cut for the iPad and Stage Manager fixes. And not really spoiler alert because it's history, but uh, yeah. we got both of those. Uh, I'm very happy with the current um, – with Stage Manager currently. It's always enabled on my iPad. I don't turn it off. The only time I turn it off is when I'm demoing, uh, turning it 
on in in my videos and yeah. stuff. So I don't I'm I'm very happy with stage manager, even in just like a typical tablet mode. I'll I'll make mm -hmm. apps full screen and stuff like that. But uh it's it's really nice there. But I overall like happy with it. Yes, there are still things I would like to see fixed and added, uh, but it is much more usable than it was in 2022. Uh very happy the direction of iPad OS 17 and the software uh, direction seems like the 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 software direction of the iPad seems to be changing course. Apple's a very big ship; takes a while to change course. Blah 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 blah. But uh, the stuff that we got uh, now last year uh, in 2023, I'm I'm very happy with the software side and the direction it seems to be going in. Yeah, it's such a good foundation. Like on my wish list, like forever was like game capture and hdmi input into the ipad and we, we got it like I, it's such a good yeah. foundation i'm here i'm so curious what 18 will look like in just a couple months here yeah yeah i'm i'm hoping uh it's going to build upon ipad os 17 there's definitely some stuff some low-hanging fruit stuff that they could add and fix i i know the one thing like everyone really wants is a clipboard manager I'm shocked that iOS and iPadOS doesn't have either something built in and the or Mac, an API I mean. for third. <laughs> yeah, or even like an API for third-party developers. I, I can tell yeah. you right now, if you were to ask anyone at Apple why there's not a clipboard manager, uh, they would say privacy because, you know, you're copying and pasting stuff all the time. They don't want that stuff just being uploaded to some random server. So I wouldn't be – I would love to see them either do an API or – or just build it into the system somehow. Um, but I know like a clipboard manager is a big one. Um, let's see. There's there's so much stuff. Uh, um, Time Machine is a big one that I really, really want uh, because I'm doing so many creative projects on my iPad. I don't like the iCloud backup system. Yeah, I get uh, so I many much emails, data. Chris, from listeners that's like, okay, iPad is my primary computer, but this is the one area it falls apart is backup, like iCloud backup. Yeah. There's no really good way to have a good backup strategy on iPad, really. No. Um, right now, I so I have a 60 terabyte NAS, and I manually back things up to it right now, and it's not great. No, yeah, I have a Synology. That's, that, that's my solution for long-term backup, and yeah, it's not great for yeah the automation side of things with that. Yep. Yeah. And then um, with Stage Manager, do you? So I, I mostly just like move things in and out of a single stage. Do you use multiple stages, or are you a single stage person? Uh, I I use multiple stages. So typically, what I will do is I will have like a writing stage, uh, task management and calendar stage, um, Safari or files, and like things will get moved around. Like if I'm working in Final Cut, sometimes I'll move in files. Um, there's some stuff in Final Cut that I'd like to see change. So, like, right now I have a uh, note in Obsidian with all of my, like, kind of Final Cut preset settings and stuff like that. So, like, I'll drag that in, make some changes, move that out and stuff like that. It's it, Stage Manager is very fluid to me. Um, I do in Stage Manager, I have the recent section, the recent strip on the left side. I turn that off because mm -hmm. it just eats up so much screen real estate. Yeah. 
Um, but I have the dock always on and that seems to be a good way of just me either quickly adding stuff to stages or jumping between stages. And now with iPad OS 17, they added the big feature that, uh, I really wanted was to be able to shift click on an app, um, from a dock or a spotlight or whatever and add it to the current stage. Um, that was a big one for me. And now that that's there, I'm, I'm much faster with stage manager. That that yeah, that's great to hear. I know such a big thing was just like, let's not touch the screen for every little thing to try to manage this stuff. It's yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was a lot of dragging and dropping in the first iteration of it. So um, next question: uh, your desk setup. I I know it's probably constantly changing. I know you just did a video about the minimalistic kind of iPad desk setup and how you know how fluid is your desk setup and what you love about your current setup uh, that you're rocking these days so i actually have i guess technically i have three desk setups so i have the main one that i'm sitting at now this is where i do most of my work admin tasks video editing photo editing all that kind of stuff uh it's my main one it's the desk my dad built i've talked to i i made a video about it like a month or so ago um it it has my studio display on it it has the ugmonk gather stuff it has my nice like krk speakers and and the um uh magfloat pro and stuff like that yeah. like this is my main setup it's where i do all kind of like the, the creative work and stuff like that then i did a setup that i put in what is technically my dining room um but it's a minimalist ipad desk setup because what i wanted was i wanted wanted a standing desk for writing that because when I write I like to pace around uh, so I wanted something that was a little different that didn't have all my like creative stuff on it like my audio gear and like camera stuff and all that all that like I just didn't need all that I wanted something a little more just simplified so I set something up like that that just uses the lab 22 iPad stand the infinity just one um, and then I have uh, a whole bunch of different mechanical keyboards that I built. So stuff is constantly getting switched around. Right now, it's Keychron sent me their Q65. It's a 65% mechanical keyboard with a volume knob and a four-button macro pad on the left side that you can program via a, a web app called Via. Uh, the unfortunate thing about that is it requires a, a piece of... Um, uh, web technology, and I'm blanking on what it is off the top of my head, uh, but Safari doesn't support it, and WebKit doesn't support it. So, uh, unfortunately, right now, you have to have a Mac in order to program these mechanical keyboards, or PC, um, and I don't have either anymore. I only have my iPad now. Uh, oh, you, you, I, I, you did sell your... Your yes, Mac, I sol- uh, I sol- you had a Mac Studio at one point, I believe, right? Uh, it was a review unit from Apple, uh, oh, so I had okay. to send that back. Yeah. I had to send it back, but um, I could have extended my loan. I could have kept it longer, uh, but I was at a point where I was like, I don't need this for anything except programming mechanical keyboards, and that kind of yeah. seems a little silly. So I'm what I'm hoping is iPad OS 18 brings the piece of web technology that my mind is completely blanking on that I need for um, – uh, programming these keyboards if it doesn't i've been thinking about getting just like a refurbished mac mini for that and a couple other like really small things that i don't need uh you know beefy mac studio for or something like that just just like an always-on computer um i've been thinking about that i, ca- I don't really want to have a mac around because i like being the guy on the internet that totally. does everything from the ipad but uh 
I don't think that is necessarily cheating at that point. I'm not using it for work or anything. It's it's literally for like really small niche tasks. Yeah, a family member of mine's uh, moving, and he asked, uh, "I got this old 2012 Mac Mini. Do you want it?" It's like, sure. It's got a built-in super drive. That seems like the perfect iTunes match a little machine to just yeah rip and, rip and upload. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So small things like that. Yeah, and hopefully iOS yeah. gets better and better, so we need less and less of that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think that's really the only thing that's holding me back right now. I mean, there's obviously small things that I would love to see tweaked. I was having some weird issues with um, Safari and the cursor on this really weird niche banking website that I have to use that it just didn't like this one button. So I had, I, I, but I was able to tap on the button on the screen and it worked just fine. So, like, there's small niche things that I would love to see fixed, but that just comes with time. Yeah. For kind of brainstorming future videos, what what's your process like for you know road mapping your your kind of schedule, your production schedule, and things you want to create? <laughs> uh, I don't really have a set schedule. Um, I kind of just I make things as I have ideas. Uh, so for right now, I'm doing a big series on like all the apps that are on my iPad. I usually do one of these videos a year and it's usually like a 30 minute monstrosity where I just briefly mention the apps that are on my iPad, but I don't get to go into a lot of detail because it's just such a long video. So this year I decided to break it up into a series. So I did, I did the productivity one. I just finished up the shortcuts one at the time of recording. It's not live. I'm working on the utilities, creativity activity ones, entertainment ones, and like home screen, lock screen, and widget after after that. So um, right now, it's just kind of like as ideas come to me, I'm going to be doing a Final Cut series here soon. Um, and it, just, it also kind of depends on the time and like just what's happening as well. So um, rumor has it that new iPads should be coming out in a month or two. Uh, so I will be uh, once I once I probably finish up these batch of videos, hopefully that's about the same time new iPads are out. So I'll switch over to focusing on that. So it, I don't really have a, like a set schedule or anything. Usually what happens is I'll just get an idea for something or I'll just be like, hey, you know, I did this video like five years ago and it's, you know, kind of outdated now. Let's update it. Like I did a video called The Apple Pencil for Non-Artists. It was my first really big video on YouTube that really took off. Uh, I kind of remade that one uh, in January? Maybe it was December. I don't remember. Um, but I, I kind of remade that one for a more modern time because when I made that video, it was the Apple Pencil 1 was the only <laughs> Apple Pencil. Right. Yeah. There's been a lot of changes with the Apple Pencil. So I, I was like, I just I just remade it and kind of like modernized it and stuff like that. So sometimes I'll do that. Um, but for the most part, I just, you know, as I get ideas, I'll just work on things. Um, I'll create a note in Obsidian and I'll just start putting all my ideas for the video in there. And then that kind of gets organized and turned into a script. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And outside of Final Cut Pro for iPad, any other notable apps you've started using since we last chatted in 2020? Is Obsidian kind of one of those apps? Obsidian's probably the big one. Um, that's the one I've been using for all my writing, note taking, everything. Uh, I'm sure I was using things when we talked last. That's that's been a big one for years. Um, but Obsidian is the big one. Final Cut is the big one, and there's a bunch of small little ones that I've I've talked about on the channel and stuff like that, like Raindrop.io and 
uh, I mean, there's the obvious ones like ivory now and mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah. Um, yeah, those 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 are kind of the big ones. Cool. So uh, Final Cut, May of 2023, right before WWDC, Apple released Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro for iPad, and. Uh, yeah, this was a big moment for iPad. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, any just opening opening statements, opening thoughts with this? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell this story, so if I'm not, I'm sorry. Um, so, like, a week before the announcement, I got a phone call saying, hey, we want you to come down to L.A. We can't tell you what it's about, but you'll be happy. And I was like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll come down to L.A. And LA is like a four-hour drive for me. It's not. It's not yeah. too bad, but it's 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 a it's it's a bit of a drive. Um, so I, I went down uh, the day before. I was supposed to meet with some people from a certain company, and was like, "Hey, okay, all right." So I got down there, and the whole that whole week leading up to that, I was like, "What? What is this going to be?" And I really thought out the pro. I really thought it out, and I figured out Final Cut for the iPad was coming, but I kept my mouth shut. Um, because I didn't want to say anything, but I figured it out ahead of time. I was very, and I was very excited when I got down there. So, um, 6 a.m. PST, that's when Apple puts out their press releases. So that morning, Apple put out a press release, Final Cut for the iPad and Logic for the iPad is here. Woohoo! And I was like, yes, called it, super excited. So a little later that morning, I got a hands-on demo and got to play with Final Cut for the iPad. Uh, and it was it was awesome. I was so excited. I got to meet the team behind it. Got to meet some people, uh, some creative people that had been using it for a little bit. Um, super excited, super happy. Uh, and then I got a l- early access. I think I got like two, like it was like two weeks before it actually shipped. So like I actually got some serious time with it to to play with it. Yeah. And that was that was awesome. I was I was really excited. Uh, and uh, honestly like i it was it was it was so it, it just felt so good at a culmination of just like wanting it like this has been the thing i've been wanting for the ipad for years i like final cut for the mac because it's um it's stable it it doesn't have bugs unlike um well, I, I had a bunch of issues with LumaFusion, and I just had to stop using it. Ironically, the same year it got granted iPad App of the Year by Apple. Uh-huh. And and right uh, just uh, to refresh people's memories here, right before this, I think December or January, we got DaVinci Resolve on iPad, and you could unlock the full feature set with some weird, you know, keyboard shortcut to add some of the hidden panels and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to make Resolve work. I really did. But my brain, the way Resolve is as a nonlinear editor, um, and that's what these these kind of video, ed- like Premiere, Final Cut, DaVinci, they're, they're nonlinear editors is what they are. The way Resolve works, DaVinci Resolve works, is so different than all of the others. I just couldn't wrap my brain around it. And I, it just, it, it was making me frustrated. It's way too much for what I do. DaVinci Resolve is kind of like the go to uh, video editor for big documentaries, um, even some movies and stuff like that. It's, 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 it's too much for what I do. So I I tried to make it work. I edited a couple of things on it, but I ultimately wasn't happy with them. So I went back to Final Cut for the Mac until Final Cut for the iPad came out. Uh, and Final Cut is just my jam. Like performance wise, nothing matches it. 
Um, it makes sense with my brain. I really love the magic timeline. I know some people don't. I do. Um, I'm really happy with it. Uh, and yeah, it's it, it just it just works better with my brain. So Final Cut for me was the the when it came to the iPad, this was my big this was like my moment kind of thing. Like this was my my victory lap kind of thing. Yeah, it's the one app. Yeah, you've been waiting for. And uh, yep. Um, I remember in college they had Final Cut uh, Pro Studio Seven. And I was like running the lab and installing that over multiple discs, and it always confused the the crap out of me. And then X came out or ten. Um, and I got it at version one. It's like, oh, this makes sense. This isn't all convoluted with so much history behind it. And um, ten tens See, grown up, and it does a lot of things now, which is which is great. I, I'm the opposite. I I started using it with seven, six, seven, seven, seven. I want to say seven. Yeah. Um, and seven worked great for me. I loved it. Then when ten came out, uh, I did not like it originally. Uh, but once they started working on it more, started getting feedback and stuff like that, that's when it clicked for me years, a few years down the road. Yeah. But the original version of Final Cut 10, I, I didn't like it. It, it made, it, I felt like a slower editor with mm. it. And you never, as a video editor, you're always on a time crunch and you don't want to feel slow. You don't want to feel like you're being slowed down by your software. Yeah. No, never. Yeah, and I remember the the whole suite of Final Cut Seven. He had you know the soundtrack studio and all these different uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And we still have motion, but I think most of them are mostly built in the Final Cut at this point. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. They they built they took like color and all that stuff and they built it into Final Cut, which is a much better move. It's 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 a much smoother move. It's much nicer as a video editor. You're not having to send things back and forth to different apps. I would want as much possible as built into Final Cut. And I think they've struck a nice balance with Final Cut being what it is. Then you have motion for your graphic stuff. And then you have compressor for finalizing videos for really specific stuff, even though yeah. I, I don't really use that. I just use the built-in rendering tools in Final Cut. Yeah, compressor. It was always a funny thing in my head. It's like, what if uh, you could just turn all your iPhones into little compressor servers? Because I remember back in the day, you'd link a bunch of Macs together and, you yeah. know, our computers are getting faster, so it's less necessary. But it was just always a funny idea in my head of uh, linking all these computers together for the hardware. Yeah, I mean, back in the day when it used to, you used to have to set up your renders to go overnight and stuff. That that was a thing. But now my computer, my iPad renders faster than real time, so I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So before we get into the praise of Alcat for iPad, um, rough edges for you. What what are they for? for, for the big one that I noticed right away for me is it's 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 an iPady iPad app that's locked at four by three and on external monitors it's still four by three. That's the biggest thing I hope they figure out someday. Yeah, I have a theory on that. Um that it was written before that they've been working on this for so long, and it was written before uh, external monitor support for the iPad was a thing. So I have a th- I, that's my theory yeah. on why that is. I don't know anything for sure, um, but I that I'm assuming will uh, will get fixed one time. That actually doesn't bother me as much. Um, the big thing for me, and uh, luckily I, I got to do uh, fi- Apple actually hosts. Well, they don't host it. They they there is a Final Cut 
pro uh, conference that happens every year. And uh, this was this year, or well, technically last year, 2023, was the first year they did it in person since COVID. Uh, and I was actually asked to speak at it, and it's really cool. Apple works with it. Um, they brought in a bunch of the Final Cut team people. I got to speak to them and all sorts of stuff. So I got to, I got to basically give them my list of demands, which is uh, really nice. Uh, <laughs> and they listened to me. Uh, that that's really fantastic. Yeah. But I, for me, the big thing is um, creating presets. So mm. I and on the Mac version of Final Cut, I sat down and I spent a day building out my color grading presets for A-roll, B-roll, overhead shots. Then I built out a bunch of animation presets, a bunch of title presets, all sorts of stuff so I could quickly speed up my edits. And there's not really a way to do that in Final Cut on the iPad. What I've kind of done to get around that is I created a note in Obsidian that has all those settings for my color grades, for my titles, for animations and stuff like that. So I can just go through and I can just pop in those settings changes and I can get, you know, something that looks the same consistently in every single video. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's not really a create like a template project that you duplicate and have that. The problem. Yeah. The problem with that is you can't copy and paste that stuff across mm. multiple projects. You can all you that stuff can you can only like copy and paste clips within the same project, but between the different timelines. Um, so you can't do that across multiple projects. So it it's just easier because the way I like to organize things, it was just easier to create a note document, put all the settings in there that I change, and then just kind of like have that Obsidian document next to my Final Cut window and just ma- move those like make the changes and go down the list and stuff like that and it's not that bad because once so once you do one you can just copy and paste it to another but that leads me to my other gripe is you can't like say i have a color grade for my b-roll clip and i color graded my first b-roll clip but i have 50 more clips on the timeline i can't select those other 50 clips and paste that color grade to them you have to paste one at a time and that really slows me down um so i'm i'm hoping that gets fixed now the thing a lot of people missed when talking about final cut for the ipad is this is version one this isn't the mac version of the final of final cut poured it over and they took out features they built this from the ground up yeah i'm sure there's some code shared between the two but it was built from the ground up for the ipad so this is very much a version 1.0 actually i think it's technically version 1.3 now at Mm -hmm. the time recording this but um you get my point like it's not version 10 um they had to build this from scratch so they had to prioritize things to get it out the door because you you need to ship something um so i'm not upset i know they're working on it like i said i was at the at a conference where apple specifically asked me to speak about final cut for the ipad in front of some of the world's best editors final cut editors out there and uh i essentially gave the first talk i i justine she went before me she did like a kind of a q a talk kind of thing and then i gave like the first demo talk and uh like apple really wants to highlight final cut for the ipad so i do not think for one second that this is a okay we got version one out the door we're done now let's move on to other things there there is a team still working on it uh i got to talk to them they're very excited about it uh so i i i'm not um i'm not worried i'm not yeah. freaking out or anything like that i i know this is a version 1.0 i know updates are will still come they've already put out a couple of really big updates already i'm sure more will be coming soon 
Yeah, and I I have to think um, we're not going to talk about Vision OS at all today, but um, the iPad app and Vision OS, the shared ecosystem there, uh, Final Cut, uh, I see them probably seeing that as a very important app to have on both platforms and make them great. So I think they have a lot to invest in and this still t- uh, yet to come. And um, the multi-window structure of Vision OS leads me to believe that you know with iPad having multi- external displays now, maybe they'll put the work in for iPad. And you know you can have your iPad as your reference monitor since the screen is so amazing there and um, have you know that be your viewer then on the iPad screen have everything else for the editing process uh, for the external monitor, I mean. Um, maybe I don't, I will see. I, um, I, the, that would definitely be something that would be really nice. I, I don't know how high up on my priority list that is. Like there's some big fundamental stuff that mm. I think they need yeah. to do before they start getting too crazy into like the, Hey, let's do multiple windows here, here and here kind of thing. Like I, I, um, I, I just, I just want to make sure they're like, uh, the, the, the fundamentals are the thing that I, I hope they're focusing on right now. And, and I think they are. Like uh, the latest version added voiceover stuff. That was one of the biggest requested features uh, that there was no voiceover tool. So it really does feel like they're building the fundamentals right now. Yeah, because prior to that, you'd have to like use just like what Ferrite and record the audio and add it in after. Yeah, I mean you could you I mean you could edit it in Final Cut and stuff like that. Like you can absolutely edit audio in Final Cut, but um yeah, in order to record it you would have to use some sort of uh other app or external audio recorder or something like that. But now the voiceover stuff is built right into Final Cut. Uh they also have been adding um uh more like title generators and stuff like that and like building out that. The other thing that they announced when Final Cut came out, but I think they I want to say they missed the deadline on this because it's I, still on the, I co- vaguely the coming remember... soon thing still on the website. I think for yeah, yeah yeah. Well, I want to say that they said it was coming in 2023, but it was support for third party plugins. Um, I want to say that they said it was coming in 2023. I talked to a couple other people at the conference, and they said that that they thought they said heard the same thing, but maybe that was just like uh, something we heard over the grapevine kind of thing, and maybe it wasn't. But yeah. um, third party plugins that's going to be huge because that's going to allow um third parties to kind of pick up some slack where or not necessarily slack but like pick up some stuff that apple hasn't been able to get to kind of thing so um i don't know how advanced those plugins are going to be i'm not expecting every single mac plugin to automatically work on the ipad Uh, i wouldn't be surprised if they just start off with specific types like titles and maybe like color grades or luts or something like that um and then go from there um yeah. Did you have some Mac plugins you used when you were doing the Mac edits for that? Year yes, I yeah. did. I don't remember what they are off the top of my head now. Um, but I will actually the 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 titles. So it was a lot of titles and stuff that mm-hmm. I used because just to speed myself up. Um, but the titles that are actually built into Final Cut for the iPad, there's specifically one, and I don't want to mess it up, be, or I don't want to open Final Cut right now because it'll mess up the audio stuff. Because um, iPad and audio support. Yes. Oh gosh, that's <laughs> that's just another can of worms we don't have time for. But um, there's a title in there that I really like, and there's multiple animations for different titles in Final Cut and stuff like that. So I really played around with it, moved uh, moved the titles around, used the backgrounds, changed colors and stuff like that. And I actually really like the ones that are built into Final Cut. They're not 
terrible. Um, and you can really change them to make them your own and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, for those that haven't used Final Cut before, is the iPad version, you think, a good place to start? And, yes. You know, yeah? Yes, 100%. If you haven't used Final Cut... The iPad version is a great place to start. You get a free month, so it's it's five bucks a month or fifty bucks a year, which is a really great deal. Like first off, that is significantly cheaper than Premiere Pro. Um, but like back in the day, I used to have to spend like seven hundred bucks on Final Cut Studio. Uh, now Final Cut for the Mac is three hundred bucks, which is still a lot of money. Um, fifty bucks a year, especially for somebody like me that makes money using the software, mm-hmm. it's it's fantastic deal. But Final Cut for the ipad um even if you're interested in the mac version final cut for the ipad you'll learn the fundamentals and all of that knowledge will transfer over uh it's it's really yeah i i think it's a great place to start and is does apple have good documentation there like where should people start i know you're going to be doing a video series pretty soon which will be uh good to check out um yeah so they have um they have a good um like kind of like how to do things and stuff like that there's like a tips and tricks page and stuff it's in the final cut thing it's in the menu button in the top right corner uh but there's also other youtubers um that do a great uh great job of talking about final cut um Two that come to mind that I met at the Final Cut Pro conference, uh, Jen Jagger. She does a lot of Final Cut tutorials. She also does some motion stuff as well. And um, Dylan Bates, he he goes by Final Cut Bro on YouTube. Uh, they also he also does a really good job of um, explaining Final Cut. And they both have some Final Cut for the iPad uh, videos and stuff. Okay, very cool. And I remember back uh, in college, uh, the keyboards in the the whatever computer lounge or whatever had uh the overlays for all the final cut yeah. pro shortcuts uh do those pretty much all carry over like could i get a overlay yeah. for a magic keyboard for mac and use it on the ipad in fact uh editor keys the people that make those they actually have one for final cut for the ipad uh for the magic keyboard and stuff like that i don't use them because they make things a little too mushy for me and i type too much um, but they're there. I mean, and you can also always hold down the command key when you're in the Final Cut app. It'll show a list of all the keyboard shortcuts. Um, and as of, I don't remember if this was 17 or 16, but you can just start typing and you can search for keyboard shortcuts as well. So um, that's all there. I, yeah, but the keyboard shortcuts itself, they all transfer over. Um, the only downside is Final Cut for the Mac, you're able to create custom keyboard shortcuts. And I made a bunch of them. And my brain just got used to them, and I can't remember which ones uh, I made and which ones were built in. So, yeah, it's it, it, it's there, but uh, yeah, it, it take it took me a minute to get to get used to that. But yeah, it's it's there. Yeah, I love those um the little what's the company that makes those again? The editor keys. Editor keys. Yeah, I like yeah. them just for learning. Like I'm learning a new yeah. piece of software. Let me use this for a bit as my training wheels, and take it off. Yeah, they're they're a great keyboard. They actually made me the uh, custom Magic keyboard back in the day with all the Luma Fusion keyboard shortcuts, like painted on, printed on the keyboard, and it had like my name and YouTube channel and link and all that stuff. It was it was really nice of them. It was a really nice thing they sent me. I still have it, and it's uh, it's on my wall of keyboards. That's very cool. Yeah what what are some of your like essential keyboard shortcuts for getting around Final Cut on the iPad? 
Let's see here. So double tapping L is a big one. So tapping L twice because that'll do 2x playback. I pretty much always edit in 2x playback because it's just faster. I know what I'm saying. I'm the one that recorded it. I'm the one that said it. So it's it's really fast. Um, arrow up to go to the end of a clip. Arrow down to go to the back of a clip. Um, right and left to go through a f- couple of frames. Uh, man, it's hard when just to remember off the top of my head because I I'm like I usually just know what they are and just do them while I'm I'm editing. Command B to cut. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just the essential ones. Just yeah. hold down the command key as you do things, and like if you start to reach for a button, just hold down the command key and see if there's a keyboard shortcut for it. Keyboard shortcuts are any video editor's best friend. They will speed up your edits a thousand fold seriously just learn the keyboard shortcuts yeah does the trackpad come into play with how you edit or are you able to do most yeah with- oh yeah absolutely absolutely trackpad is big thing especially uh scrolling side to side uh i used to prefer a mouse until you know side scrolling was really a thing with the trackpads and yeah that that just it speeds things up so much faster and the iPad-y part of Final Cut Pro is they actually did some iPad-specific features, like the mm-hmm. jog wheel. Do yes. you ever find yourself, like, for just a change of pace, like, using that jog wheel? Yeah, so the jog wheel is really deci- uh, designed for if you're editing in tablet mode, if you don't have a trackpad and keyboard attached. It's it's meant for, like, I'm holding the iPad and I need to move through this. Um, I like the jog wheel quite a bit. There's a lot you can do with it. So it's not just for scrolling through the timeline. If you select a clip, you can s- hit the nudge button and you can move clips um frame by frame really fast whatever you can move them through the timeline and then if you are in the library of where all of your clips are and you select a clip and use the jog wheel you can set in and out points for uh, a clip in using the jog wheel like right there which is really nice i like the jog wheel in fact i suggested to apple that they make a physical hardware jog wheel i don't think they will um uh, but if they did i said i'd buy two um just so they can recoup their costs because right. i'm sure buying two that that's, yeah i think that's exactly it some like wacky hardware things that yes uh, it's called speed editor and it and the speed editor does work with the ipad too but it just works with resolve right yeah when you were doing that transition from Mac back to iPad, did you play around with trying to bring any of your Mac Final Cut projects over to the iPad at that time? No, I know somebody made. Actually, I met the guy that made the um, um, uh, application that allowed you to take the Mac projects and bring them to the iPad. I just didn't have a need for it. Basically, mm-hmm. what I did is I, I, I kind of went through like a three-month transition period, four-month transition period, where like I was doing – I started with all the small projects on the iPad, kind of, you know, figuring out like the 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 areas where, you know, Final Cut for the iPad really fell down and stuff like that. And then um, basically by September, I was done with the Mac uh, and I was just using the iPad version, but I never, I never really moved projects back and forth outside of just testing to see that you can do it. Uh, it's just not something I wanted to do. I just like, when I started a project on a device, that's where I'm going to finish it. And then I just, 
I was just transitioning everything over eventually. I think the last project I actually edited on the Mac was my iPad OS 17 walkthrough, just because that was such a big project. I was running behind on time, and like I was just like, okay, I'm just going to get this. La- this this is it. This is the last one. I'm going to get this done, and then we're going to move on. Uh, but that was that was it, and then that was about the time I got asked by Apple to ta- speak at the Final Cut Pro. Uh, conference about Final Cut for the iPad. So, and they wanted me to kind of like, I, I demoed my workflow and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, this is perfect timing. We're cutting over to being 100% on the iPad now. Like it, it, it just worked out great. Excellent. Yeah. Very cool. And for that, for that workflow, how much, I know it's probably pretty in depth with what you do, but um, typical production workflow, you have a couple different cameras are you using multi-cam. Um, like what's, what's it look like from going from capture to publishing? Yeah, it's kind of a loaded question, but uh, I actually don't use multi-cam. Uh, well, I kind of do. Um, I only have one camera. I, o- I only use one camera. Um, so I will sit down in front of the camera, record my A-roll. My audio goes to a separate Zoom recorder, so mm-hmm. I get a nice, clean audio track, and it's not using the built-in camera DAC. Uh, and I will use multi-cam there to sync up the audio and the video. Um, and then from there, I will film all the B-roll stuff, whether it's the top-down stuff you see in my video where I'm interacting with an iPad or filming uh, products or my desk or me working on an iPad or whatever. And then I just cut all that stuff up together. Could I do multicam and speed things up? Maybe. I also – I just worry that – I, I, I don't really want to do multicam. Yeah. I like my <laughs> workflow right now. My workflow is really good. I might do multicam in the future, but for right now, the way my videos work, um, th- for me, because what what will happen if I do multicam? Well, you focus on rambling. one thing at a time. I'll not doing it right. Yeah, yeah. I, well, like well, right now, I like have a script, and I have to stick to the script because I use the script as a shot list, and that kind of forces me not to ramble. Uh, if I have multicam, I will end up rambling because I can demo whatever I'm talking about at the same time. So. Yeah. The live drawing feature in Final Cut, have you seen a use for that? And Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So my handwriting and my drawing abilities are atrocious, so I don't use this a ton. But what I do use this for is when I need to highlight something or draw an arrow to something, really point something out in a video. Uh, I use this quite a bit. It's really handy. It's probably the best feature, the best specific feature for... Uh, Final Cut for the iPad. There, I've gotten a lot of people that uh, that use the Mac f- version of Final Cut, and mm-hmm. they really want this. Um, but no, I I love the live drawing feature. The ability to just hand draw and animate something right on top of your video is really cool. This is something I used to do in After Effects that would take me hours and hours and hours, and now I can do it in thirty seconds. It's really awesome. Yeah, it seems like especially you know some of the videos are very instructional. And like being able to yeah. draw on the screen and point stuff out seems like a just obvious, awesome thing to do. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's also AI features that I don't think made it into the Mac version yet. Auto crop and scene removal mask. I are, are these at all useful for the kind of stuff you're doing? Yeah, I don't know if they're technically AI features. Uh, the auto crop thing is kind of cool, uh, especially if you're doing a lot of like short form vertical stuff. I hate that stuff with a passion, but I'm trying not to be a grumpy old man, and I, I'm working on a few things doing that stuff. But man, do I hate like the vertical crap. Uh, it's just I I hate I hate the short form stuff so much. 
scene removal not so much for me i always forget that with scene removal you have to lead you have to be your subject so i'll just take me for instance mm-hmm. if i was filming me uh you can't be you have to have like a few frames where you're not in it and then you can come sit down in order for it to remove yourself so it's never quite worked well for me because i always forget about that but also i've spent a lot of time and money building out my sets and like i'm just like eh i don't need it like it's not for me i it 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 would be cool like if you are getting started and you don't have like a nice background or something like that you could use this or if you're just like not in a uh, I, I don't know it's yeah. just not i don't know it's not for me it's not the kind of kind of stuff yeah the most impressive um horizontal than vertical versions in video is that um the vision pro like making of video is like oh that was actually really well thought out both ways yeah yeah that's pretty cool so um audio big part of videos as um as you should know, making videos or uh, I'm trying to head for the, the listener. If you don't know, if you have bad audio, people probably won't watch your video. Um, yeah. Uh, do you do the audio enhancements within, within Final Cut? And how how is that tool set? Yeah. Well, big thing is, is a couple years ago, I upgraded my, my mic that I was using for videos and, and just got a really nice mic. Um, so that helped, that went a long way. I also have soundproofed and, 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 uh, my office and studio. So like it, that goes a long way to making sure I get good, clean audio. I think for most people, if I was just to take the raw audio from my external audio recording, it would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do throw it in and I add a single band EQ and I do add a compressor as well. And that seems to just kind of put it a little bit above and just kind of like give it that little extra um, crispiness that that people seem to like. So um, audio is tricky. Audio is hard. It, you have to make sure you are not in a really echoey room. If you are, you need to add a bunch of furniture and blankets or sound panels or whatever. That's going to be the thing that helps the most. Um, having a good quality mic is, is also important. Um, I, I talk a lot about how cameras don't really matter. I can make a crappy camera look good, but making a crappy mic sound good is really difficult. Video audio. It seems even much, it seems more challenging than, you know, just an audio podcast. Cause for me, I've got a mic, you know, a centimeter from my mouth and, that audio is easier to make sound good than a mic that you place further way out of the video, you know, out of the, the capture area for the video. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I have. So I have a shotgun mic. I, I don't know what's up with this trend of people, like, holding mics and videos and stuff like that, but it drives me nuts. Yeah, because uh, you're covering but I have your a shotgun a fair bit, too, depending on how you do yeah. it. I, I, I have a shotgun mic that's right outside of the frame and literally it is right outside of the frame. If I was to touch it, like if I was to point my finger at it, the tip of my finger would still be in the frame of the video. So I, it's, it's just outside. It's very close. Um, but it sounds really good. Problem with those shotgun mics is you need to make sure you get a good one. So I use, I use the Sennheiser MKE 600. Um, it's, an xlr microphone it needs phantom power it 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 has some requirements it needs but it sounds really good i'm really happy with it i i I haven't felt the need to upgrade like i was changing mics all the time before this one but since i got this one i haven't felt the need to upgrade i feel like this this is gonna take me a long ways yeah so you just mentioned you could use crappy cameras make them look good um yeah the ipad camera is not so hot hasn't been touched uh since i think 2020 2018 
Um, is there a scenario where you do actually use the iPad camera capture within Final Cut if you're trying to get something out super quick, like you just saw some kind of demo and you just want a quick initial thoughts kind of video that isn't super um, entailed uh, as far as uh, where your your metric that you want to hit is getting the video out quickly versus uh, the super high high quality that you always do on their videos? No. Um, I have a studio set up. It doesn't take me long to set up my camera. So if I'm in my, if I'm in my office, I will always use my nice camera. If I have my nice camera with me, even at WWDC, well, so at WWDC, I use my nice camera most of the time, but I did a video interviewing a bunch of people about their favorite thing that was announced. And I actually use my iPhone a bit when it was just a little more convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather use an iPhone than the iPad camera any day because the iPhone camera is better, yes. especially now with uh, Pro Raw, Pro Raw, Pro Res, whatever. Yeah, uh, Pro Raw. Video. And you can capture the SD uh, external SD, which is great. Yeah, you can. Right? I don't. No. Yeah, I just I have a one terabyte iPhone. I don't care. Um, the reason I mentioned that storage. was uh, it seems with the iPad workflow, record uh, the hard drive and then you could plug that hard drive into the iPad. I don't know if that's fast. Yeah, then. yeah, you can. Yeah. I I will just uh, either airdrop the clips or uh, let let um, let iCloud sync them over. Um, or if I'm in a really big hurry, then I could do the the external drive and stuff like that. And now that the iPhone has USB C, um, it, it, that that's not too quick or that's not too bad either. I've just. Um, the the issue I had I've I've done a few things with uh, recording externally to drives and stuff with the iPhone. It's just annoying to hold unless you have some kind of case that you can mount the hard drive to. But I refuse to put a case on my iPhone, so eh, we'll just we'll we'll, we'll I'm not I'm not too I I'm not too worried about it. I don't record sixty frames per second stuff. I the only time I do do that is when it's B roll and I'm slowing it down. So I don't need to. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. I, I, I will pretty much always use my fancy camera when when I can. And uh, for that, is it a USB C just offload into the iPad directly, or how how do you? Get uh, no, it's there? it's. I mean, you technically can, but it's not the the best way to do it. Is it shoots to CF Express cards. Mm-hmm. So I have a CF Express card reader on my desk and one in my backpack. So I just copy i just plug it in and copy the files over and cf express is incredibly fast so much faster than sd cards okay so um it's 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 not bad at all yeah and uh thunderbolt is a great thing on ipads (laughs) yeah i don't think there's any cf express card readers that use thunderbolt i don't think cf cf express kind of maxes out with usb-c speeds okay uh, or no, it's it's actually USB C regular USB C like ten gigabit per second USB C is actually faster than um, CF Express. It's it's okay. actually a lot faster. So um, I Thunderbolt's not necessary necessary there. So if you have an iPad Air or something, it's it's still fine. So good, yeah. And then um, yep. What do you hope comes next to Final Cut? We had our big feature update last year that we spoke about uh, already, but anything. Um, we spoke a little bit at the get, at the beginning of this episode about some of the things you hope. Yeah, about. yeah. So so beyond the stuff that we already talked about, like time machine isn't really Final Cut, but that's a big one. Um, being able to copy and paste multiple clips, uh, being able to create presets those those are big ones. Um, the other one is I hope the optical flow feature comes to Final Cut. This allows you to generate frames. So basically, what this does is say you shot something at. 
uh, 30 frames per second, but you go, oh, no, I really needed this to be 60 frames per second so I can slow it down and make it look nice and smooth, you would be able to turn on optical flow. It will it will then – Final Cut will then create frames to insert there, which is a pretty cool feature. Um, the other thing I hope is stabilization comes. So stabilization is in the video capture uh, part of Final Cut. So if you're filming in Final Cut um, – through the the video part of it, if you're actually filming in Final the Final Cut app, you can turn on stabilization. But what I want is uh, clips I filmed with my camera or whatever in the timeline, turn on stabilization and let it do its thing. That's a big one. Um, I think I think those are the big ones for me. There's a bunch of small little things that I would like to see. Uh, but ultimately like, like, again, like they're working on the foundation. I, I, I expect all of those things that I mentioned to come. I don't think they're wish list items or like far off. I, I would be surprised if, if all, if all, or if not most of those came before the end of 2024. Yeah, that'd be great. And, um, when you're done with the project, do you, um, is there an archive method within Final Cut for iPad? Yeah. To send that to your Synology or whatever NAS you're using? Yes. So there is an option that you can export your project as a Final Cut Pro project or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a bundled file where it takes all the media you've imported, your timeline, everything, all that stuff, bundles it up. Then I just send it off to my NAS. For an average video for me, it's about 100 gigs. So it takes a it takes about fifteen minutes in order to move it over to my NAS, yeah. Um, just because I don't have ten gigabit Ethernet going to my iPad right now, that's something I need to work on. Uh, but once I get that, because my i my Synology it supports uh ten gigabit Ethernet, but to my iPad in my desk area right now, I I need to run some cables, but. I have some other stuff happening that I just, I'm like, I kind of don't even want to bother doing it right now. So uh, once I do that, it'll be a lot faster, but 15 minutes isn't too bad for a hundred gig file. Like that's, that's not too bad at all. Yeah. The thing that um, blew me away uh, for ethernet stuff is I got uh, like a mesh network here and I put a mesh router on my desk and the way mesh works, I'm plugged into ethernet via that uh, through the Thunderbolt dock. And it feels yeah. like I'm wired into the home base router upstairs. Like it is wild how mesh works and allowing you yeah. to not even need to truly wire stuff up as much these days. That's that's what I have. I have I have a mesh router here in my office, and my iPad is plugged into it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't go past gigabit speeds. Oh, I would okay. like to get ten gig. Yeah. I would like to get ten gig. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure the iPad supports that. I'm ninety nine percent sure it supports that. In fact, actually, I know it is because I tested it. Um, but you have to get a ten gigabit ten gigabit to Thunderbolt adapter. And that is very, 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 very expensive. Okay. Yeah. I need to um, look into whatever dock mine's using. And it's probably just the standard Ethernet. That, that's probably the case. Yeah, yeah. it's probably gigabit. Mo- mo- most docks are gigabit. Mo- it- most people, 99.9999999% of people do not need 10 gigabit Ethernet. But if you are moving a bunch of really large files over your network, 10 gigabit Ethernet will be really, really handy. It will not speed up your internet speeds, uh, but like it's more for like your internal networking stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. And then um, one last question here. Um, transcriptions for your videos. Um, 
there's been more and more of the apps coming up. Transcriptionist, um, by Juice is an iPad app that's out. Um, do you do any of that stuff or just rely on YouTube's just standard um, transcriptions for that stuff? Right now, I'm just relying on YouTube's transcription stuff. Uh, I, um, for a long time, people asked me to get, you know, my videos properly professionally transcribed but i when whenever i would look into it it was so expensive i just like i couldn't justify it, it would take whatever money i made yes. from the video <laughs> it would it would just go like it just wasn't worth it so now that the tools are out and they're becoming more and more reliable i've been playing around with them the problem is is just getting all that stuff lined up properly in youtube um i need to play around with that more um but it shouldn't be too it should be too hard i just need to I just need to find a workflow that I'm happy with mm-hmm. um, that gives me accurate responses. The YouTube stuff isn't terrible, but it's not amazing. I was kind of hoping like um, that YouTube would come out and be like, hey, uh, we're putting AI behind this and stuff like that. And I believe eventually they will. And they'll, you know, it'll be just as good as any of these other services, but it's not right now. Um, so, I want to look into finding something, but I just haven't found a workflow. I, I It's something I've worked on, but I haven't found a workflow I'm happy with. Gotcha. Yeah. And the tools keep getting better and better. And uh, imagine, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Imagine Google will do that one day. It's probably just a cost thing with the number of stuff they need to do that for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, it'd be, I don't know, interesting if they roll it as beta to like certain channels that are whatever higher. Yeah. Volume. I'm never, I'm yeah. never in those. They don't, YouTube and I don't get along. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, anything else about iPad or Falco Pro that we haven't touched on that you'd like to before we wrap it up? Um, not that I can think of. Not not that I can think of okay. off the top of my head. Yeah, we're about to enter uh, exciting times with the the new Airs and Pro, so that'll be fun yeah, times that'll for, be fun. Yeah, to dive into. Yep, 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 yep. Well, where can people uh, follow your your videos online and your Mastodon and yeah. places as well? So uh, you can find me on YouTube. I'm Christopher Lolly there, L-A-W-L-E-Y. I'm the guy that makes all the iPad videos. Um, but you can also go to my website. It's theuntitled.site. Uh, and there I have lists. I have links to all my projects, uh, Mastodon, Threads, Instagram, every place you can find me, all the things I'm doing. It's all there, uh, including links to my YouTube channel if you just want to go there as well. So, uh, yeah. Sounds good. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been uh, great catching Absolutely. Up. Yeah, it's been great talking. Well, that's my interview with Chris all about Final Cut Pro for iPad. My thanks again to Chris for his time recording this interview. My thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in. As a reminder, you can support the podcast and get early access by heading over to patreon.com slash iPadPros or by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. With that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.